Bueno, muy agradecidas por todos los que están escuchando y por todos los comentarios que me mandan. Y parte de lo que ha sido mi vida es conocer diferentes eh, culturas, países, crecer en el Amazonas tan cerca de Brasil y, y poder eh, tener ese, esa, esa, esa conexión o esa familiaridad con otras personas de otros lugares que probablemente no me están entendiendo, entendiendo nada de lo que estoy diciendo porque estoy hablando en español y muy rápido. Pero hoy, hoy. saudades. Hoy, hoy. Listen, I have one of the most beautiful people from the universe, but she comes from this specific place on the planet Earth that I consider the most beautiful place in the world besides my country, Venezuela. Brazil. Paula Becerra de Melo. Grantina Zing! Double G. What does the Zing means to you? Wow. First of all, I'm so proud of you. Ay, no me hace llorar. Um, I'm so happy to be here, but I'm honestly so proud um, to see you in this new phase of your journey and, and just kind of. This is something that I think you were meant to do. Thank you. Obrigado. You know, I was just in uh, Portugal and they say the, the differences about saying gracias, merci, and obrigado. Gracias is just a thankful word. Merci is like, I'm at your mercy. And obrigado means that I am obliged to serve. And I think that's been my passion for Portuguese and for Brazilians and especially for Brazilians. I am obliged to serve you. And how we met? Well, we met at, a, at an event, at a benefit dinner um, for uh, AIDS, a foundation for AIDS research, a, a benefit dinner for AMFAR in Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we were afterwards um, at an event that there were, I believe, only men. I believe so. And um, as far as I can remember, I remember seeing a, a, a feeling a certain relief when this um, Nicole Kidman lookalike walked in, and I was like, "Yes, I am not the I'm not the only one." Um, and uh, I think that immediately drew us to kind of towards each other, and uh, we started talking, and then. Uh, And then we ended up having a drink with a few other friends in common. And um, Mira, like you say, that was, that was a few years ago. But it feels like, it felt soon after that, it felt like we had known each other for so long. Because it's funny, like, it's, it, we're, I think one of the things that, was, that I was so drawn about you is your passion and your drive. But... Um, Just like me, you've been uh, privileged to be, um, to be exposed, let's say, to the most interesting and um, glamorous circles around the world, let's put it that way. But what's always kind of 
um, driven you in being in those places, in those unique situations where you are with, um, with access to such, such a, a celebrated uh, tier mm-hmm. of society is not the material aspect of it, but the what, what could I do with the power of the voices of the people that I'm speaking with? How could I channel that for good? And uh, it's very rare that I, that I find people that are equally driven by that within this scenario, which involves a lot of luxury and, and fashion and, you know, and, and the, the, the things that were, the mediums that we're used to, to navigating in. Um, and, and that was something that really moved me about you, especially when I started learning more about goleadoras. Girls with balls. Girls with balls. Which she has definitely, authentically, win her title of Girls with Balls. But you know, I think it's a, it's a mutual. It's a, a, a sentimento muy, muito, a muto. ¿Cómo se dice? Muito. Muito. No, muito mi- mucho. Mutual. Mu- <laughs> <laughs> I confuse you. <laughs> muito mutual. Mutual. Okay, muito mutual. 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 Portuguese. No, preguiça. <laughs> you did it right! Yes! Adriana will be proud. Adriana will be proud. I want to speak Portuguese. Ela não fala Portuguese comigo. Porque. porque... Ah, eu falo, sim. Não, é pouquinho. Mas é porque tu estás a aprender espanhol. Eu tenho que aprender espanhol e eu tenho que aprender português. But the good thing is that we have a lot of time. And now that we are connected. It was about three, four years ago that we met. And uh, what connected me about you, it was a very much similar of what you were saying, because Paola leads this, um, and she works in this um, ocean of um, luxury, marketing, advertisement, entertainment, but how to create those campaigns to impact for social good. And I think that's where our connection was and that's what I, I, I think it's more interesting because coming from a world of fashion and entertainment and mainstream media, how, how do you use those platforms to create an impact in society? How is it cool to do good? How do you use those celebrities to become advocates and ambassadors for things that matter to the world? How can they use um, their, their followers and all those people into making great causes? Like together band. Together band. Goleadoras. Um, you know, you, you are the, the expert in the message, in creating these marketing campaigns that people will absorb uh, connect well, and actually go into action. Well, you said it first, right? Connect. That's the first thing that we talked about when we were here. Like, what connected us? So, I think the beginning of everything is recognizing a connection. That's why, uh, so about five years ago, I've been in luxury PR, marketing. Um, I started my career in film. I thought mm-hmm. I wanted to be a screenwriter. Um, and if She's you, a brilliant woman <laughs> that went to Brown. 
She went to Brown. And Ivy League. Graduated with honors. She is fucking fantastic. So, yeah, to my parents' delight, I took a year off from Brown after my first internship at Miramax um, in New York. I, I fell in love with reading screenplays and, and just development and storytelling. Because ultimately, like, what is what are films? They're stories, mm-hmm. right? What is and, life? Exactly. And um, I decided to go to L.A. and live there for a year with my friend who was a screenwriter uh, of course I assumed she was a published screenwriter she was just a very self-confident amazing powerhouse of a woman who believed in her dreams and we had this terrible idea for a screenplay it was horrible like it was <laughs> no I mean I look back and I remember I made my I made my boss like listen to this <laughs> actually pitched this to him and I'm I'm I, I, I am a girl with balls because I made him listen to this whole thing when I was 19. And he kept a straight face for most of it. It was layered with stereotypes. It was just, whew. But anyway, I redeemed myself because years later I worked for the co-director of City of God. So, you know, I learned a lot um, in my life. But, and um, after I... I came back from LA. I, 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 I wanted to. I really wanted to be in. I wanted to have that like wholesome education and, and study as much as I can. And Brown was really amazing in that way because it taught me um, that it, it was a perfect school for me in a way because it's the most liberal of all of the. It's famously the most liberal of all of the Ivy League schools, um, but it's also. Uh, strengthen this idea that I've always had that you don't have to decide to be just mm. one thing early mm-hmm. on. And so to be able to just absorb knowledge in so many different, um, from so many fascinating different uh, classes and, and be exposed to such a variety of different things, it was really amazing. And I think now looking at like how we're looking at the market right now and how jobs are so volatile and how things are so cha- versatile and changing, it's interesting to have you know, not such a cookie cut, unless you're like an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor, to have a more fluid type of a background, you know, where you have this adaptability and this. And when I think about everything that connects me in the 20 years of career that I've had that started with film and then ended up with me, you know, started with film and then I, I started consulting for, uh, for the fashion brand for Osclin, which is this amazing sustainable luxury brand out of Brazil, created uh, and founded by Oscar Metzavat, who is UNESCO ambassador, um, to then uh, writing for Brazilian Vogue, which was it's a relationship that I still have 15 years later, I still contribute, um, to going into the hotel industry, which was the last thing I expected I'd be doing, um, to finally opening my own agency five years ago, when I think of all of that, what really connects everything is the desire to establish human connection. Mm. Because ultimately, when I opened Elo, Mm -hmm. which literally means um, an emotional link in Portuguese. Um, What does it literally mean? Elo, elo emotionally means, emotional link. Elo, elo, elo. Is it elo. Oi, elo. Elo means it's an elo. A gente criou um elo. A gente criou um link. Eu, eu, eu gosto muito quando falo português. Você gosta? Eu gosto. You know what I love about being with Paula is that every time I learn something different. That's, that's, And every that's time the best compliment I you can ever give someone. 
I think. I, every day with her, That's I learn something too. different. She has made me become a better person. And even though she okay, works, the best she works in a fucking world that is so predictable. Marketing. That's why Agency. I hated that idea. Luxury. Yeah. The way, you know, you, you talk in a very eloquent way. I'm from the Amazons, man. You know, barely know how to speak English. We're going to start a drinking game. So, okay. With Eglantina's friends. That's going to go kind of like so, this. Like every time... Some, every time she mentions she grew up in the Amazon, someone's going to have a drunk. And everybody's <laughs> so going to You're all going to be drunk, very drunk. Very fast. You're going to all be very, very drunk because I keep coming back with the idea because I am from the Amazon. Amazing. I mean, I think I would say I grew that. up in the fucking jungle. My dad said, don't read. People that read have bad breath. See, I think... And I wanted to read. And we're going to go into that at some point. But what I love about her is that... The power of knowledge, the power of reading, the power of imagination, of creativity. And how do you promote that? Well, this project, I can start with that, I guess. Um, when I was pregnant with my daughter. She's a mother too. What? I am a mom. And that was like... Weren't you me. fucking scared? I was so scared. Oh. How did it all start? No, I, wasn't, I was terrified. I think that was the most terrifying... I was so terrified. Um, I have, uh, I'm an only child from my mom and I have a very close relationship but very troubled relationship with her. Like we're very close, but it can be um, like, like every mother only child relationship, it can be um, sometimes toxic. And my mom came from a generation that had to give up a lot in order to be a professional mm -hmm. and have her own uh, career and also um, have a, a family life. We all are so defined by our childhood, right? Like what happens to us when we're so young and, and then we read about like how, what should, it's so crazy because I, I feel like parents are destined to always get it wrong, right? Because You do something and then 10 years later you read about it and you're like, you shouldn't have done that. You know, and it's like, oh, coffee is good for you. Coffee is bad for you. Milk is good for you. Milk is bad for you. You know, and I just keep imagining like the things that I, the resentment that I have towards my parents, um, knowing, fully aware that they did the absolute best that they could with what they had. But knowing how everything that we carry within ourselves comes from our childhood memories. So, you know, the idea that I would be responsible for someone's life and that like if I make made a left or a right at any given moment could affect the direction of that entire personality was something that like would overwhelm me and keep me up at night. And so I had a lot of trouble with the idea of motherhood. But something really funny happened when I was at the hotel at the Fasano, and I'll tell the story because it's, um, I don't think she would mind. Um, so, uh, so I'm the head of public relations at the Fasano Hotel in, in Rio, which is an amazing hotel. Um, and one of our, you know, key, uh, it's a beautiful hotel on Ipanema Beach overlooking stunning views of the Two Brothers Mountain, the Aquado Rock. It's considered one of the most beautiful pools in the world, designed by Philippe Stark with an infinity 
pool with an it's an infinity pool and it kind of goes into the the water and you see the 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 islands of Cagahas which are just stunning Cagahas uh off of the Panama and you know and it's hosted the most incredible people over the the past uh decade that we've been open so about like let's say nine years ago I got this call from uh, LA and it's like oh it's this whatever her name was and I'm calling from Reese Witherspoon's office and I'm like oh okay and she had stayed with us once and she was absolutely lovely and so she's like well you know uh, Reese has a son in the second grade his name is Deacon and I'm like where is this going you know and like all of a sudden I'm hearing about this project called Flat Stanley and you know he's participating in this project in school and it's called Flat Stanley and Stanley was a normal kid but then I think he he, he became flat because of the bus and at first he was sad because he became flat like a stick figure but then he realized he could travel in an envelope and go anywhere in the world so he was happy <laughs> I'm like I'm, I was like okay this is gonna I mean I'm trying to figure out the connection here and uh and, and anyway, so they're doing this project in school where, you know, each kid has their own flat Stanley and they're going somewhere in the world. And, you know, Deacon would like to send his flat Stanley to you in Rio. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, he picked me. <laughs> and I became such a dork with this project. I was so excited. <laughs> so... I get this thing in the mail and it's the cutest thing. It's like this, you know, eight-year-old handwriting with a pencil, like, dear pal, I wish I could fold that's myself a, that's up. That's the way she writes. No, she I write upside down. Left, upside down. But it was like, I wish I could fold myself up and come to Rio or whatever. And this, the cutest little, like, Stanley, which is a football player. Mm. He's so cute. And I was like, I became like all L Woods. I was like, I'm gonna do the best fat Stanley anybody's ever gonna do in this class. Like, I want every little kid in this class to wanna be coming to Brazil too. That's her. I was, no, I was inspired. And so I was like, okay, let's get this. I was like, what? We're not taking just a few pictures. We're gonna do a journal. So I bought this moleskin and I started like, dear Deacon, did you know that in Rio, Rio is called Rio de Janeiro because Rio means river and when the Portuguese discovered it, they thought it was a river, but it was a bay. And I started the whole story telling about the, the nature of Rio. And then I had my assistant take him to her house because the Christ was like on her window. And then we took him to the beach. We had him try acai. We had him try all the fruits in the, <laughs> in the stand. He went to the favelas. And then I was like, I was like, this is not enough. Like I went, I went really psycho with the project. And then I was like, hmm. Maybe I'm taking my 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 assistant was like, "Wow, you're really into this thing, huh?" Kind of being like, "Maybe it's time that you have kids or something, you know?" <laughs> like maybe, maybe maybe this is a sign. And so, and then I I remember Usain Bolt was staying with us, and and I'm super paranoid about like saying people's names and stuff when they're staying at the hotel, so I didn't even say who it was for. So anyway, so that's when I realized that I wanted to be a mom. Because I spent way too much time on this. I spent way too much time on this Flat Stanley project. And um, it inspired me into motherhood. And it, I realized that, like, there was something missing there. 
And then I got pregnant like maybe a year later. And when I was transforming my daughter's, I was packing my, my old closet, walk-in closet, and transforming it into my daughter's room. I you know, was packing all the shoes, all the heels that I wouldn't wear for another year. And I found all these essays and these things that I had written when I was in college. And I read this essay on like Lenny Riefenstahl or something. And I was like, wow, I wrote that? You did. I used to be so smart, what happened? You know, and I couldn't get over it because I couldn't believe I had written that. And then I, I continued to, to read and then I, I was on my phone and I was scrolling and then I was like, that's what happened. I stopped reading. Because every given moment that we all had while we were waiting for something, like mm -hmm. the waiting room at the doctor's office, what do you have? Books. Mm -hmm. The subway. You read. What, what did we start doing? We started scrolling. And so... And I have always been someone who struggled with attention span. So for me, it was particularly hard to, to, ad, to, to administer this new technology. And I was like, wow, we need to find a way to bring this back into as a habit, as a cool habit, because or else our kids are never going to read. Because we grew up watching our parents mm -hmm. read. And we're just not doing it anymore. So imagine our daughters and sons who are going to look at us on the phone the whole time. Where is that habit going to come? Like, kids imitate their parents, you know? So I was thinking about that and, and all the anxiety that I had growing up as, a, as, a, as an, a teenager with all the pressures of being perfect uh, and body image mm. and eating disorders and all that, you know? I, I struggled with that when I was 14, 15. And I didn't have Instagram and I didn't have Facetune and I didn't have you know, filters telling me that my nose should be like that and my ears should be like that. And I didn't have constant comparisons with it girls here and there and like hashtag look of the day and all that. And I'm like, how are we going to live with this pressure for our, our girls? And so I started thinking, how could we rescue this pleasure from mm. reading without it being like, because every campaign that's, to, to come back to the how to make marketing cool, if a campaign feels like a campaign, then it's, it's not going to go viral. It has to feel spontaneous. If it feels like it's preaching you something, you're not going to engage. So the whole idea was, what if instead, it has to be disruptive somehow. So we started this idea that instead of the, you know, what if instead of the look of the day hashtag, we play with a book of the day hashtag. And it's something, you know, that you... It's not about like saying that it girls aren't cool. It's just saying it's the contrary. It's saying like it's not just about that. Like that you can be into fashion, but you can also want, you can also be a badass intellectual. That you can love doing a makeup tutorial, you know, and read Tolstoy. And so we started doing, uh, I started playing with this concept, and then we started playing with the concept of the shelfie instead of the selfie, because the selfie is this narcissistic. A response that we have to the internet mm -hmm. which ultimately is a portal that gives us access to knowledge to like endless knowledge endless. if we wanted but what are we using it for to photograph ourselves so what if instead of our phys of, of this obsession with just our physical appearance we start thinking that we're a collection of our thoughts and our ideas and what we read as well so the transition from the hashtag selfie to the hashtag shelfie kind of embodies that. And ultimately, the idea is to package that 
and, and we're still you know evolving with the, with how this is going to be implemented but um, so this is kind of firsthand um, instead of the you know yeah. I got the exclusive it's Tell creating us. a movement of not of, of it girls that are more than that that they they are lit girls lit girls lit like lit like literary like lit like on fire, fire. like lit Litten like with up. it I personally love reading and I personally think it gives you and nurtures you that litness that you're talking about well it's like you're an ambassador for together band for for goal five gender equality right and I'm a founder of goleadoras the movement and you're the that founder. makes girls to kick and score some exactly goals. so you so you found you found a way to you connect it all well you it's so important how does it feel to be a connector because you come in together to connect the good the private the fame the the unknown all together and that's the message that we're going to give it's about collaboration no it's about uh, it feels natural it feels like that's what the world should be doing all the time and it's kind of nuts that you know that we're not doing that that we have that we're going against like that there's some people wanting this vaccine and other people wanting that and like and and that we don't sacrifice the little for the big you know Um, and when we when i connect people that i genuinely know that share a common goal it's enormously satisfying because i know something's going to grow out of that and watching that synergy that that watching something become like something be born really you know two things becoming a new thing is to me one of the most fascinating things that can happen in humanity like giving birth yes exactly Paola Becerro te amo gracias mi vida I love you follow her Elo Agency, Paula Becerra. You can score some goals with our goleadoras. And, yes. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more of the zing. Zing. With double G. What does that mean? Goleadora girls. <laughs>